Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. That was a fun introduction. <laughs> that, was, that was a nice thing to say. That was good. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you have uh, this time together with you this morning. Again, I want to welcome those of you joining us online. And uh, I just want to just jump on this motorcycle right now. That's just, that's all I'm thinking about right now. I just want to jump on this motorcycle. Um, hey, before we jump into the teaching, uh, I want to, uh, I want to tell you a story. Uh, it's actually a story that I've been wanting to share. That's uh, something that's happened here. Many of you know we do celebrations a lot of times at the beginning of the message. And uh, this, is a, this is a significant celebration. And so before we take some time, we're going to pray for uh, the men in the room and all that for Father's Day. Um, and so I'm going to tell this story about a guy named George. This is George. A picture of him will come up on the screen. Uh, George, some of you may uh, recognize George. He's been around here at the church uh, for the last couple of months. Uh, and actually, George, I'm just getting to know George, but George lives in the neighborhood. He actually lives literally one street over. And uh, I got an email from George a couple of weeks ago that said, hey, I just gotta tell you what's going on in the neighborhood, Pastor Matt, I gotta tell you what's going on. Um, And uh, ultimately, God is doing something significant in this neighborhood. Um, And specifically for George, he's doing something significant with the kids in the neighborhood. Uh, Many weeks ago, uh, there's just this uh, next door neighbor uh, kid, and it's just like, hey, like, George, can we like play football? Can we like throw football around? Can we hang out a little bit? Can we play hide and seek? You know, those kind of things. George's like, all right. Like, George is retired from the postal service, and so he's got a lot of time on his hands. He's like, yeah, sure, we can play hide and seek. We can play football, all those kind of things. And so he started doing this, and then all of a sudden, there was another kid, and there was another kid. And there was another kid. And so like, it's now getting to the point where there are, there's more times when George doesn't, uh, does ha- there's more times that George has kids at his house than he doesn't have kids at his house. All right, and he's doing, and he's going, I have no idea. Like, I'm not all that great with kids. I don't know what's going on, but something's happening in the neighborhood. And so George is a Christian, right? He's a follower of Jesus. And so he's like, Matt, I think God is just asking me to do this with these kids and to serve him by hanging out with these kids. And so in, the, in itself, by the way, it's kind of a cool story, okay? Um, but then he just really felt the stirring of God saying, hey, George, I need you to do more than just hang out and play with these kids. I want you to be concerned about their spiritual condition. And so he, uh, he's like, okay, I'm gonna invite them to church. And so he one, one week said, hey, guys, while they're at the house doing all this kind of, hey, will you come to church with me? And they said, yes. And so uh, you may have seen George and some, some of these kids, they, like he's now, it's not just one kid. Like when George comes in, George often has like eight kids with him, right? And he's coming in. And, uh, and so it's been pretty cool. A lot of times they sit right up here in the front, uh, which by the way, when you sit in the front, you get more from the message. I'm just telling you, uh, right? So they're sitting up here in the front, all that kind of stuff. But the coolest part of the story is that a few weeks ago, George wasn't able to come to church. And so you think, okay, then probably the kids aren't gonna come. Man, all eight of those kids walked in the door of the church by themselves. How cool is that? Some of them actually uh, hang out in kids' ministry. They checked themselves into kids' ministry. So awesome. So awesome. Now, here's the thing, right? Some of you know around here, um, you know, relationship is at our core. That's we, and we say that not because we think that it's something cool to say. It's because we believe that, 
Relationship is at our core, and we have a uh, desire to have a relationship. Everyone have a relationship with Jesus, each other, and our community. And I love the fact that we are getting to see this play out in our neighborhood right here that the church is located in. That we get to see a relationship with the community. By the way, if we're just the church that sits in the parking lot where there used to be a gym, man, let's close the doors. But if we're a church that actually affects the community, I'm all in for that. Right, And so I love that George is doing this. And so I think that's something to celebrate. And by the way, folks, do you guys know that uh, evangelism and getting people to Jesus is not just the pastor's job? It's us, folks. This is us. And George is doing it through kids. By the way, God loved kids. Jesus loved kids. And so I think it's something to celebrate. So if you see George, just say, you know, encourage him uh, and pray for him because he's hanging out with a bunch of kids, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, all right. So anyway, we're going to keep uh, sharing those celebrations because I think it's important to know what God is up to among us, all right? Now, before we go in uh, any further, I do want to say again, happy Father's Day to you. And if you didn't get a chance to get, uh, men, a root beer out there, please grab a root beer. There's some uh, Starbucks drinks out there as well. And then there's a bunch of meat. Everybody can have all the meat and all that kind of stuff because if you don't eat the meat, then I got to figure out what to do with it, all right? So make sure you eat the meat out there. Also, uh, there are two motorcycles out there. Uh, if you are here with your family, um, both, both these uh, guys out there uh, that own these motorcycles, they're fine letting you get on the motorcycle, taking some pictures, things like that. Um, the one guy said, yeah, it's just a hunk of metal. It's fine. Um, so anyway. Anyway, you can get out there. And then the 56 T-Bird that's out there is my uncle's T-Bird uh, out there and said, man, get in there, take photos with your family, all that kind of stuff. Really enjoy, enjoy this stuff on your way out uh, today, okay? But I do want to take some time. I want to pray for the men in the room. So if you are a male, doesn't matter what age you are, don't have to be a dad, would you please stand? And we're going to take some time to pray. Babe, you can come up here with me. All right, if you came with one of these men, uh, if you like them, uh, if you want to hold their hand, if you want to put a hand on their shoulder, something like that. Um, if you don't know them, don't rub their shoulder and that's weird all right okay so here's the thing like uh i love the fact that god has made male and female just a few weeks ago we got to pray for the the women right and god uh has specific things designed and and ultimately for women and there are certain things men that god has designed you and uh, specifically made you to be and so i want to pray a blessing over you this morning for this father's day all right so let's pray so father we uh thank you for this morning and God, we thank you for every one of these men that are standing. God, those who are even on, joining us online today, God, that maybe they're not here physically with us. We, we, we pray for these men. God, we pray for the dads and the, the grandpas and the uncles. God, we pray for the young and the old. God, we pray for them physically, spiritually, financially, relationally, God, that your goodness would manifest in their life. God, in the things that you have designed for them to do, God, your goodness would come. God, give them strength and tenacity, especially in the areas in which you have them to lead. God, we know that you've designed men in so many ways to lead and that they would lead well. God, I pray that you give them wisdom and courage, and love, and energy. God, I know that you are big enough that you see every single man that's standing, from the youngest to the oldest. God, and I know that you know them intimately. You love them. You have a purpose and a plan for them. And so, Father, I just pray that you would reveal more and more of that today and tomorrow and this week and this year to them than ever before. God, you just do a mighty work in their life. I just pray, God, that all favor from heaven would come upon these men. 
And God, for a world that is hurting, I know the world needs men that need to stand up for the kingdom. So God, that these men would stand up for the kingdom. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You guys can take a seat. Why ladies, why don't you give the guys a round of applause, please? That'd be great. That'd be awesome. All right. Thanks, babe, for doing that. I appreciate that. Um, okay, you want to grab a Bible? Proverbs chapter four is where we're going to land today. Proverbs chapter four. And I brought my root beer up here just because I thought it would be fun. All right. Uh, I'm doing some of that today. All right, if you don't have a Bible with you, there are Bibles spread throughout the auditorium, so you can grab one of those if you'd like to, to, to look up the scripture. Also, we have our, uh, all of our scriptures and notes on sermons.church, so if you open up a browser on your phone and go to sermons.church, search for Cornerstone Vineyard Church, all the fill-in-the-blanks and scriptures, all that would be there for you. And to get us started today, I want to start by asking a question. I need a little bit of par- uh, crowd participation this morning, okay? And so I'm going to ask the question, and then I want you to actually shout out some of your answers, okay? You guys ready for that? You awake enough this morning? All right, so Josh is awake. Uh, The rest of you, I'm not so sure, all right? All right, so here's the question. Here's the question. I want you to answer this. What is your favorite television show? Anybody? What? What? Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Good one. Friends, okay? What? Seinfeld, the show about nothing. All right, that's good. All right. Anybody else? A couple more. What? Bones? Oh, alone. I was like, I don't even know what that is. All right, one more. What? That's a lot of words. I don't know what that <laughs> Something last adventure? Okay, Airbender. Okay, got it. All right. All right. <laughs> I have no idea. You're just so much cooler than me, Gareth. All right. Um, well, the reason I asked that, because I was thinking about our, uh, the Poorman's favorite television shows this week. And uh, we probably, if we all answered that individually, we'd probably say a lot of different things. But I think one of the collective ones that we would share about one of our favorite shows that's currently on right now is this show right here. Bring it up. Is SWAT. All right, anybody watch SWAT? Anybody in the room? A couple of you in the room? Man, I, uh, if you don't know this show, it is about the LA SWAT team and the things that they encounter as a SWAT team and all the things they go through and all that. Now, I will say, uh, just a caveat, like there are sometimes they put some different storylines in the show that I don't love, but ultimately, my family and I, we love to, to watch this show and the tactical moves of the SWAT team and all that kind of stuff. It makes me feel a little more manly on Father's Day to talk about SWAT, because um, kind of, I'm not that kind of guy, right? I don't, I don't, I'm not a gun guy and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, all that said, I was thinking about all this, and I started to think about uh, the actual SWAT officers and specifically about the gear that these officers wear, um, and not just in the show, but like actual real officers in real life. And so I got a hold of a friend of mine. He's actually a Notre Dame police officer. And I asked him if he could give me a few things. And so I actually got a couple of things from him today, uh, for today. So, and so again, I was actually hoping to get a little bit more than this, but it was okay. Like he was able to get what he could get for me. So, so he got me a couple of things. And of course, this first one is, is uh, a helmet. It's actually a Kevlar helmet, um, those kind of things, which is pretty, I mean, it's like, it's pretty solid. It's got the, the mask and all that kind of stuff, whatever, right? Uh, pretty important piece of equipment, right? To keep the head protected, right? Um, and then I wasn't able to get this one, but there'll be a picture that'll come up on the screen. Uh, go ahead and bring that up. Right, a riot shield. Right? I was thinking about a riot shield. By the way, they're they're expensive. I was just going to buy one, and they're like they're not cheap, so we didn't, we're, like, oh, we're not going to do that. Um, and so it's right, uh, a good for a, a SWAT officer, right, to have a shield for from protect uh, from projectiles and, and keeping people at bay and all. It's a pretty important piece of equipment. And then also, then he got me this uh, this bulletproof vest. Right, you might be able to see that there's there's a vest on this mannequin here. Um, and uh, of course, the the 
the, the vest being really important, right? Um, because uh, ultimately it, it protects some really good things. And so we're gonna talk about that today. Um, because like, even though like, and I was thinking about SWAT and all this kind of stuff, like even though that the helmet's important, right? The shield is important. Uh, you know, ultimately the, I would argue that the most important piece of equipment on a SWAT officer, uh, and actually I even said this to my friend, Pat, who I got this stuff from. I said, I, I think it's probably the vest. And his response was, absolutely. His response immediately, without even hesitation, was absolutely. Um, and does anybody know why the vest is the most valuable piece of equipment on a SWAT officer? Say it out loud. Ah, you guys are smart. You're smart, right? Yes, because, right, it protects the heart. Now, protecting the head is important, right? Protecting, uh, having the shield is important, right? Having even a weapon sometimes is important, but ultimately, the vest is the most important piece of gear because it protects the heart. And by the way, it's a pretty vital organ to us, our heart, worth protecting, which is what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about this idea of protecting our heart. And not physically per se that like the the vest would do, but we're gonna talk today about protecting uh, what I'm gonna call our heart of hearts, our our emotions, our our internal feelings, which by the way is like our, our actual physical heart, it's pretty important to protect. Pretty important to protect. A couple of scriptures. It says in Matthew 5, 8, it says, blessed are the, here it is, pure in heart, for they will see God. And so for a heart to remain pure from this text, right, there's got to be some protective measures to keep that in place in order for it to stay that way. And then I love the fact that it even says that blessings in life, as the text refers there, right, uh, are reason enough to have protective measures for our heart. Proverbs 27, 19. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. And so what that verse tells me is that the way that we, our life is playing out, folks, the way that it plays out often reveals the level of protection we're putting on our hearts. The way that our life is literally playing out is, can often reflect the, the protection that we have on our feelings, our internal emotions. And so there's value and where we're going to head today, there's value in the level at which we are living heart protected today for tomorrow. So I want you to hold that thought. We are currently in a series here at Cornerstone called Ancient Posts, Timeless Wisdom for a Life on Purpose. And what we're doing in the series is we're looking at the book of Proverbs. And uh, the book of Proverbs is uh, what I often call the, the most tweetable book of the Bible. There's a lot of one-liners in, in the book of Proverbs that ultimately have great wisdom, great insight. And so ultimately, that's, it's kind of like this social media thing that we took for this. So ultimately, like, if, we, if we look at these ancient one-liners, these ancient posts, and we actually put them in our lives, man, we might actually see some more purpose in our life and our lives change as we know it. And it's kind of our goal for this series. And uh, today... Uh, we're going to actually look at uh, this Proverbs uh, chapter four section, and uh, ultimately we're going to we're going to walk through this. What I would uh, it's a kind of a, a, a teacher word, right? It's ex expositorily, right? Which means we're going to go line by line through this um, and uh, see what there's what it has to say about the value of protecting our heart. 
And just a couple quick notes before we read it, though. Um, Some of you already know this, but the book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, one of the wisest guys ever. Um, And because he's most famous for his wisdom, because when he went to God, God said, hey, ask for anything that you want, and I will grant that uh, that desire. And ultimately, instead of uh, asking for riches or long life and those kind of things that many of us, if we had a genie in a bottle, we would do, right? He asked, no, God, I want wisdom. So God said he gave him wisdom, and he was a, a great, wise guy. And so ultimately, uh, the book of Proverbs, as he's writing this, um, many would argue is actually a, a many, much of this wisdom that he's now actually writing to his son, all right? Uh, which I think is kind of cool that we're looking at this chunk of scripture on Father's Day uh, from a dad to his son. Uh, the first nine chapters, there's a lot of my son, my son, my son in the midst of this. And so he's writing this wisdom, King Solomon, to his son, all right? So I think it's uh, worth uh, figuring out what we can take from that today. So with that, let's start in verse 20 of uh, Proverbs chapter four. It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. And the last verse, 27. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. And then of course, like the crux of that text we're gonna look at today is verse 23, right? It says, above all else. By the way, that's pretty important. Above all else, guard your heart for, look at this, everything you do flows from it. Look, everything, folks, is affected by our heart. Everything. By the way, when the Bible says everything, sometimes it it actually means everything. It means everything. Feelings, emotions. And so what we're gonna talk today is, folks, we need a vest in our life to protect the thing that everything else comes from. And I think what happens so often in life, which we'll look at today, I think so, so often what can happen is we can, we can go through our life uh, in non-intentional enough about guarding our heart that we go through life without a vest on. And our hearts are exposed. And some of you, you have experienced great pain because your heart has been exposed. I have experienced great pain because my, that my, my heart has been exposed. And so my hope today is this, is that at the end of the day, we all will walk out of this door today. If you're online with us, you will go through the rest of your day and you will, you will have some sort of tool to go, hey, I need to do better in, in guarding my heart and ultimately have a practical tool to do, to do that, all right? All right, with that said, our title today is Security Measures, Staying Smart About Guarding Our Heart. Our heart. And we're going to walk through this text again, line by line, picking out two key points. Uh, ultimately to the how of uh, protecting our heart. And uh, I think, again, there's some real practical things in the midst of that. So here's your first one. You can write this in on your handout today. Stay smart about guarding our heart includes, and I didn't know if this was the best way to say this, but just go with it. Uh, Staying smart about guarding our heart includes the endless stockpiling of scriptural lifelines. You can write that in. The endless stockpiling of scriptural lifelines. If you notice the picture there, you guys remember the uh, toilet paper shortage of 2020? Anybody remember that? 
Oh my gosh, right? And it was toilet paper, right? Not milk or eggs, but toilet paper, right? It's gonna go down in history as a thing. Like uh, some of you guys went through the blizzard of 78 and whatever, and you're like, Betsy, I wasn't alive then, by the way. Um, and <laughs> Betsy made that mistake one time. <laughs> but, you know, like right, let's, uh, you went through that and you're like, oh, you tell all the stories. I think it'll be the story that we'll tell our, like my grandkids. Yeah, back in 2020, you know, we had no toilet paper, you know, all that kind of stuff. It'll be that thing. And right, it was because they were, uh, people were stockpiling this thing that they thought that they needed. By the way, it was okay. Everything was fine, right? And, and what, a, what a messy couple of, of months that that was at the beginning, this whole toilet paper thing. I mean, literally go to the store and there was like no toilet paper. There was lots of, other, lots of macaroni and cheese, right? Lots of milk, but no toilet paper. And so what I, with that in mind, what I want to talk about in this point, and I think this is really important when we talk about guarding our heart, is that, folks, I think that there, there's definitely something that we actually need, not, not the whole toilet paper thing, whatever. We, there's something we actually need to guard our heart. All right, and we find it in the first couple of verses of the text. Verse 20 through 22, it says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my ears. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to, the one, uh, health to one's whole body. And there are a couple of key things I underline there, right? And so Solomon says to his son, again, this is the, these are these one-liners to his son, right? Fatherly wisdom. He says to his son, he says, hey, pay attention to what I say. Pay attention to my words. And ultimately, not, not even pay attention and know them, but keep them in your, you can keep that up there for just a minute, Max, would you? Thanks, buddy. Uh, keep them within your heart. Right? And then uh, it actually, I almost actually made the, the, this, this point, um, the endless locking away of scriptural lifelines, because it says that, and it goes on, it says, for they are life. And so what we see in these few verses here is that, that um, to guard our heart well, we need to, just like Solomon's son, we need to pay attention to what's been said. Locking away the wisdom that we hear in our heart that we find. And ultimately so that it can be recalled in those moments when life is not so great. That we, can, we can recall those things and actually use them as great wisdom in the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves. And so you may know where I'm going with this, right? Folks, we need to pay attention to the words that are in, ready, the Bible. We need to pay attention to the words in, that are in the Bible. I was actually in a conversation yesterday and it was a conversation uh, with somebody I care about. And ultimately, it was like, there was this, this thing like, well, the Bible, this whole thing, and it was written by man, and blah, blah. By the way, you can thank, thank all those things, but there is significant truth that is inspired by God in the Bible that we need to know if we want to guard our heart. And you may be, by the way, it's okay to explore that and, and wrestle with that and all that kind of thing. But ultimately, folks, I've just decided. The Bible is true. I'm going to live my life with what's in that book. And can I tell you that there has, and in this conversation, it was interesting because in this conversation yesterday, I said, you know, the only reason I'm better at certain things in my life is because the wisdom that is in this book and ultimately the Holy Spirit inside of my soul. We folks need to, we need to know the book. We need to know the book. Stockpile these, these verses and this wisdom in, as, just as Solomon said to his son, right? Like in your heart. And I know some of you are like, yeah, you're a pastor. You have to do this. It's part of the, like, the pastor code, right? By the way, I just believe it. I believe it. 
Deuteronomy eleven eighteen says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them, bind them on your forehead. So for me, this folks, you know what this suggests to me, this verse right here, this suggests to me that we, it's, it's going through life with a vest on. It uses, I love it, readily available, right? Because this is on your hand and on your forehead. That, by the way, if it's on your hand, I don't know about you, but sometimes I write notes on my hand because I need to remember something. I need it readily available to me. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So again, that, all scripture, all scripture, by the way, that's important, is useful for fully equipping us to have a protected heart, if I could say that. Now, I know for, uh, I mentioned this before, but just to kind of give you a glimpse into my heart, again, I believe the scripture. I, I, and it, by the way, I don't understand all of scripture. Like it, it's, it's a lifelong process, a journey to discover all this stuff. So I don't understand it all, but I do my best to try to be committed to reading it. So in the morning when I wake up, I have three word of the app, uh, word, uh, verse of the day apps that I, list, uh, I read and I look at before I get out of bed. I also try to uh, read a chapter of one book of the Bible. Um, I used to do some devotional reading, by the way. It's, it's okay if you do devotional reading, but I was like, okay, I did that first season. And then I was like, oh, I just want to read the Bible. I just want to be in the Bible, so I read the Bible, read a chapter of the Bible, and uh, try to have the Holy Spirit speak to me in the midst of that uh, in, in the mornings. And then the, the new thing that I've actually just started to do, which is something I hope that some of you are still doing, and maybe some of you want to jump in on, is that uh, we as a, as a church are starting to memorize Scripture this year. And so my family and I, we've, we've, uh, there's one verse every month, and so we've been trying to memorize Scripture. And, uh, and I'll just tell you, I, I, I think that it's been kind of a, it's been a little challenging but it's been a really great challenge for, for us to ultimately, uh, we wanna grow in our discipleship and our growth, but ultimately we wanna hide this stuff in our heart. So that, by the way, when, when the life circumstances come, then I can go, oh man, that, that verse, man, and then I can use that as a prayer in a moment. And so uh, if you're interested, uh, I would love it if some of you would join us in, my family and I, uh, on memorizing scripture. Uh, and if you uh, want to get in on that, you can uh, email info. You can bring that up. Info at cornerstonevineyard.church. And my wife will get you uh, sign up for that and get all the updates and all kind of stuff. But you can actually start today by you, uh, on your way out. If you're here in person, you can actually grab all of our memory tools for this month. Now, you've got only like two weeks left, but you can, you can work on it for two weeks, right? And so you can grab that stuff on your way out. Um, and, and maybe I know some of you, you signed up for it. Uh, and, then, uh, and then maybe you've kind of gotten a little lax with it or whatever. Man, re- start up again. Start up again and, and try to memorize, lock this thing away in your heart. Um, I, 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 I mean, really, I think there's been a couple of scenarios that since these verses, we've actually seen practicality play out in the midst of that memory of memory verse that we memorized. So maybe something to consider. But the point that I want to get at is this. The text says back in verse 21, it says, do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. So to me, as I put this in context for us today, right? Stockpiling lifeline after lifeline after lifeline after lifeline. From scripture, from the Bible, something, again, we actually need to stockpile. Man, we can get so hung up on stockpiling things that we don't need. Folks, this is something we actually need to stockpile and we need is the Bible. We need to know the book. It's actually, when I was walking through this with Pastor Josh this, this week, I, I actually 
I think this is from the Holy Spirit. Folks, do you know that we're living in the most biblically illiterate time in history? There are more people that don't know the book than ever before. So you know what that actually means is that not only are we in the most biblically illiterate uh, uh, point in history, that means we are in the most unguarded hearts of history. And can we just say that we're seeing that play out? Folks, this is a real thing. And again, it's not because I'm a pastor and I signed some document that said I'm gonna push the Bible on people. It's because I believe it. The Bible is the living, breathing word of God and we need to be in the book. Biblical literacy and guarded hearts, they go hand in hand. Folks, you want a guarded heart? You don't wanna have pain? Be in the book. By the way, it doesn't mean it's gonna all go away. But my goodness, being in the book helps. So here's a question for us to consider. You can write that. I don't have anything for you to write down on this one, I think. But how seriously and frequently am I approaching the Bible? Ask yourself that. How seriously and frequently are you, am I, approaching the Bible? Because if we desire a a protected heart, folks, we, we ought to be pretty darn serious about it. I hope that you can see that from the scriptures I just shared. I'm a little intense this morning already, aren't I? Oh, I got a lot to go. Okay. Um, All right, so that's the first thing. Staying smart about guarding our heart includes the endless stockpiling of scriptural lifelines. Second thing, you can write this in. Staying smart about guarding our heart includes performing some skilled maneuvers. Write that in. Performing some skilled maneuvers. How many of you guys recognize these pictures up here? Anybody recognize these? Anybody see, everybody seen the Blue Angels? Anybody seen the Blue Angels before? A couple of you. Uh, man, talk about skilled maneuvers. Man, these people are incredible, right? Um, and, uh, and so, uh, like, that move right there, like, uh, reminds me a little bit of the Top Gun thing, you know, that kind of, um, but man, just incredible maneuvers. And so that was what was going through my head when I got to this point. And uh, what I want to focus on uh, for the rest of our time together is um, what I'm calling skilled maneuvers, that are crucial to perform and get right uh, if we're going to effectively guard our heart. And I think this is some of the real, real practical things uh, that we can latch onto today. And so again, we're gonna uh, look at this, ex, uh, ex, uh, I can't think of that word. Uh, what's the word, Josh? Yes, expository, thank you. Uh, my brain is all up in here. Uh, expositorily, right? And so I'm gonna look at verses 24, 25, uh, and 26, okay? Now, so before we do that, right, before we look at the first one, Again, just remember in context, right? Verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart. So that's a pretty bold statement, right? So then there's lays out these three skilled maneuvers right after. You can write this first one down on your handout. First one is this, is watch our mouth. Watch our mouth. Now, this may not go exactly where you think it's gonna go today because it went in a different direction than I took it this week as well. But this comes from verse 24, of the text, it says, keep your mouth free of perversity, keep corrupt talk from your lips. And so then I dug down a little bit and I looked up the word perversity because I wanted to know what it was in the actual context of the original language, okay? And it's this word, all right? And it actually means distortion and crookedness. And so when I went drilled down to that, ultimately what that means then, folks, if we wanna guard our heart, if we wanna have a heart that's truly guarded, then we need to not distort the truth, Layman's terms, we need to not lie. Now, I, I think it's easy, right, for most of us to go, yeah, I get, lying's bad, right? Those kind of things, and nobody should do it. But can I just be really honest with you? This is the part of the message that convicted your pastor this week. 
I know some of you are going to leave the church, you know. But this convicted me because I think if we're really honest with ourselves, folks, we are, all of us are not all that great at this. And I made a list of things. So maybe, maybe you're, uh, and this is where I fall into, maybe you're like me and, and the lies actually come with the little tiny ones. But like those little exaggerations and embellishments in the stories, right? Like, man, he was puking all night. He puked once. Oh man, she said it was the best cake she's ever had. She said it was good. Now, I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the only one that does that stuff, right? Those little embellishments. Or how about this one? Instead of buying two drinks at Chick-fil-A, you buy one and you share it because, hey, there's free refills. By the way, bu- buying one drink actually is meant for one person unless you're not gonna get a refill. Can I just be honest? That's the one. Like Lee and I were like, oh man, we've done that before. Or we call in sick for work when we're really not sick at all. We just want to have a lazy day. Or uh, when we say to our significant other, hey, uh, no, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm fine when we're clearly not fine. (laughs) Now people are looking at each other in the auditorium right now. (laughs) Or I thought about this last one. I've... I've, I've, uh, uh, been invited a couple of times to take driving school because I told the police officer I didn't really actually know how fast I was going. By the way, that I've known very much how fast I was going. So, so I think, again, it's easy on the outset to go, yes, lying's wrong, we shouldn't do it, and you're right, and I'm pretty good at this. But th- let's be honest, folks, I think all of us are not all that great at this. I, I'll just own up to, like, vulnerability here. I, I can do some of this. And that doesn't even include some of the big ones, right, that happen in life, right? When there's an affair or they're struggling with an addiction. Folks, what I want to get at today is lying is a big deal, even the little ones. And honesty is a skilled maneuver if we're going to guard our heart. Because let's be be up front, right? Can we all just agree that when we lie, even the little ones, it can create some serious mess. Some serious mess. A couple of verses. Proverbs 12, says, for the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. I wanna be part of that second part. Leviticus 19, 11 says, do not lie, do not deceive one another. And so again, man, folks, you wanna guard your heart? You wanna guard your heart? Get a grip on the level of lies that you're willing to deal with and get it to zero. That was my challenge this week. That was Matt Foreman's challenge to say, hey man, God, help me get to zero. I don't want to live, I don't want to be comfortable living with even the smallest little dishonesty. <laughs> because again, right, can we just be real, right? Uh, isn't it exhausting to live in, in, a, in a life of lies? To remember which one you told somebody else and all that? It, it, it creates more work and energy from you than rather, than yes, yeah, sometimes it's, there's awkward conversation, but it is a whole lot easier to live that life than a life of tangled webs of lies and dishonesty. How much heartache, folks, could we cut out of our life if we just were willing to say, I'm gonna be 100% honest all the time? I think it's worth considering. So that's the first maneuver. Second one, you can write this down. Forget the past. Forget the past. Again, going expositorily through this, right? Verse 24, 25, 26. So this is 25. 
Okay, and this is verse 25. Forget the past. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead of you. Fix your gaze directly before you. And so again, uh, after telling us that, hey, guard, above all else, guard your heart. Here's number two, right? And I'm not gonna spend as much time on this one, but gosh, this one is so important. Sometimes this is the most important one, right? But, but basically it's saying that like, hey, like look ahead. Like, yeah, yes, you made a mistake in the past. Yes, it was 20 years ago. Hey, it was even next last week, right? Like, yes, you made a mistake, but don't stay in that mistake. Because if you stay in that mistake, then you will just spin your wheels and you will make no forward progress. You want to guard your heart? Forget the mistake, move on. And so it made me think about, don't bring these pictures up yet, Max, I'll tell you when. Uh, it made me think about my, my children. Um, and some of you guys know we have three kids. We have Elijah, who's about ready to be 16, Abby, who's 13, and Eden, who is 11. Abby's 14, oh my gosh, I'm getting old. Okay, so I have three kids, right? They're all teenagers pretty much now. Um, but I remember, I was remembering this week when my children were really little and they were beginning to crawl. Now you can bring those pictures up. These are pictures of my kids. Can I, yeah, exactly. I'm, this, this, one, this little one up here, this is my 16-year-old tall boy son right there. This little dinky little kid. Um, but I was thinking about back when my kids were uh, at crawling age and I used to play this game with them. And I think I did this with all three of my children. But I would sit on the floor and I'd, I'd put them between my legs and, and they would start to crawl away and I would grab their legs and I'd pull them back and they'd flop on the floor and those kind of things. Some of you guys probably have done this, right? If you're dads and that kind of thing, right? So I would do that and the, and the first time maybe they'd laugh and then they'd pop up and they'd crawl away and those kind of things. Uh, how many of you know what happened at like uh, time five or six? They started getting a little ticked off, right? They were starting to get a little mad because why? Why? because they wanted to go somewhere and I was preventing them from getting there. And so if I can take kind of a, a cute example and kind of put that in real life, folks, the, can I just say, if we are not letting the past mistake go, we are doing that to ourselves. We are literally having, just pulling us back, pulling us back, pulling us back, and we are making no forward progress. By the way, God wants you to have forward progress in your life. So if we don't forget the past and we don't look ahead, then frustration, self-doubt, a gamut of other feelings and emotions will just sit in our heart of hearts. God doesn't want that to sit in your heart of hearts, folks. A couple verses, Philippians 3.13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Second verse, Isaiah 43, 18. Forget the former things. I love how just, this is so straightforward. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past, period. Kind of wish it was an exclamation point. Can I say, folks, I think this is sometimes really hard to do, but gosh, so darn crucial if we want to have a truly guarded heart. We got to let that stuff go. We got to move on. So the second thing, Forget the past. Last thing, you can write this in. Finally, choose well. You can write that in, choose well. Again, 24, 25, 26, this is 26, okay? From the text says, give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Give careful thought to what you choose, to the paths you take, choose well, choose the right path, and it will guard your heart. Essentially, what this is saying? We gotta choose well. And so I wanna separate this one into two separate categories. 
I don't have this on your handout to fill in, but if you want to fill in, you can do that. All right, the first category is this. Choose well who we're around. You can write that if you want to. You can put that on your handout. Choose well who we're around. Um, how many of you know that who we choose to be around can greatly affect the outcome of our heart? A couple of Proverbs that actually speak to this in regards to friendship. I want to go two different, two different things, right? Proverbs 12, 26 says, The righteous, look at this, choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Who we choose to be around, folks, it matters. And then the second one is in regards to a mate, choosing a mate, right? Proverbs 21.9 says, better to live on the corner of a roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. No amens, man. All right. <laughs> Wanted to get that out there quick. All right. Better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Right? It's a quarrelsome wife. Folks, by the way, that wouldn't sound fun to me, to live on the corner of a roof. See, it's a skilled maneuver for us to choose who we're around. I mean, just ask somebody who's gone through a divorce. They, or maybe they, they've had a, a negative situation with a friend. They would tell you that, that they didn't choose well and it affected their life. I was actually thinking about my wife, who uh, many of you, I just like to talk about you. Um, but Lee and I, we've been together uh, for uh, 26 years. We've been married for almost 19 and on, uh, I actually had a mentor of mine, on, on more than one occasion, he would look at me and uh, he would go, Matt, do you know that you chose really well on a spouse? <laughs> yeah, come on. Now, Leah can't necessarily say the same thing about me, but, but like the reality is, and so like, can I, not that Leah and I are perfect or whatever, but can I just tell you that I, I actually think that why, by the way, we're happily married. Do you know you can be happily married? And can I just be, like, I had a friend of mine say to me one time, he's like, why does it just seem so easy for you and Leah? It's not easy. We, we have to work at this stuff and all that. But can I just tell you it's easier because I think we chose well? We made sure that we chose each other well. And I think some of you, by the way, that's cute, by the way, I like that. It's like some people are holding hands now and all that. Now, oh, Jack, that doesn't count now. I mean, he, he did it after the fact. <laughs> but I say that not because, again, Lee and I are perfect, but man, it matters. And, and I would say that the guy that asked me that question, like I would say that he chose quickly. And he, now they're happily married. They're doing great things now. But it took a long time for them to get to happy marriage because they chose quickly. So quick doesn't always mean the right choice. Right, So I think there's just a lot of value uh, to consider who we're choosing through our friendships, our mate, uh, even, even like who we, who we choose to sit under as a boss. Like all, this, like all that stuff matters. It affects our heart. It affects our heart. With that, man, I, I, I want to just uh, kind of put another plug in for you for this next Saturday for the Call to Battle event. Um, it, there's value in choosing to be here and choosing well to be among other men of the church, this could probably be the most important thing you could do on a Saturday night, is to be here with these men growing in Jesus. So don't discount, like literally, go talk to Josh after the service, get signed up, be here for that. It might actually be the thing that changes your life. I went to a men's event one time, and I would tell you that it's probably the, the, one of the probably three, two or three things that has had the most spiritual impact on my life ever. 
So don't discount those who you can be around next Saturday, men. I think it'll be important, okay? All right, I got two more. Uh, second, second category, choose well. That's who, who, uh, who are around. Next, next one is choose well what we do, right? Choose well what we do. And again, like this, this is kind of the obvious one I understand, right? Like, hey, what we do affects our, the outcome of our heart. I, I know it's kind of obvious, but I, I want to talk about three uh, specific areas of choosing well and what we do. First one is financially. Um, folks, if we, where we choose to spend our money, again, matters. Um, and uh, we can either spend our money in a way that protects our, our heart of hearts, protects our emotions and our internal feelings, or we can uh, spend our money in such a way that it can put our heart and our feelings and our heart of hearts in serious risk. There's actually a scripture in a couple of scriptures I want to share, but this one in, in Luke 14, it says, uh, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, and then I underline this, everyone who sees it will ridicule. Can I tell you that's gonna affect your heart? Everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. And so spending, where we spend our money, planning and organizing all that, it matters. Proverbs 22, seven, the rich rule over the poor. And then here you go. And the borrower is slave to the lender. Folks, I wanna be very clear today and say that being a slave to a debt or a debtor is not on the heart protection plan. Just because you can afford the payment doesn't mean that's actually what you're supposed to do. That might actually be the biggest thing for some of you today that you might take. Because you can afford the payment, because you can afford it now, how many of you know sometimes life happens and then you can't afford the payment and then there's some serious unguarded heart stuff that happens? We gotta choose well financially and what we do with all of that if we're gonna have a real truly guarded heart. Second thing is physically. 1 Corinthians 6 says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received, received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, underline this, therefore, honor God with your bodies. That in which we, it, the, the way in which we care for the bodies that God has given us, by the way, just on loan, can greatly impact the care of our, of course, physical heart, but it can greatly impact our heart of hearts. I mean, we hear all the time, right? Make healthy choices, make healthy choices, go to the gym, exercise, eat well, all that kind of stuff, right? By the way, that's not just because like, you know, I think we all desire that. I think there's a human thing that we wanna be healthy and those, those kinds of things. Because it, all, all of that stuff can affect the outcome of what shape we are in and ultimately can affect uh, the, the, our self-esteem and the way that we carry ourselves and all that kind of, it can, it can, it can affect our heart. I think we need to continually choose well physically in order to guard our heart the best possible way we can. And then the final thing is emotionally. Um, I think considering how we feel and then taking action if we don't feel good is for sure uh, on the heart protection plan. All right, let's take a last couple verses here. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. It says it right there. It's good medicine. A cheerful heart is good medicine. Doing things more often and frequently have a cheerful heart, man, that's a good thing. It's a skilled maneuver to get right and do. But we also have to be in tune, right, with where we are, where we are emotionally. 
And then Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love that scripture says, do not be anxious. Take action where you're needed in in your life. Give it to God. (laughs) It clearly says it right there. And the peace of God will guard your, love that, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, if we can choose well emotionally, uh, it will pay off with a much more protected heart. So I'm gonna wrap up with this as the worship team gets ready. Look, choosing well can make a world of difference. Choosing well in what we do, in, in who we're around, it can make a world of difference, world of difference because it can impact the outcome of our heart. And, and improving on and perfecting this particular maneuver, um, I think will often put us in a situation where we're in a, in a situation less often of what I would call internal uh, arterial shrapnel. By the way, God doesn't want you to have internal arterial shrapnel. As your pastor, I don't want you to have internal arterial shrapnel. I want you to have a guarded heart. So it's gonna take these three skilled maneuvers, watching our mouth, taking these, these reality of what we are dishonest about and get it to zero. Forgetting the past, taking those mistakes that we, and learning from them, by the way, learn from those mistakes, but ultimately let them go, move on. Don't, don't pull yourself back when you're trying to make progress. And then ultimately choose well, choose well who you're around. Choose well, in a, by the way, if you're young here today um, and you're, you're in the process of dating, man, take your time to choose well. But choose who you're around, your friends, your mate. And then ultimately choose well in what you're doing. Man, I would love it, by the way. I'm actually looking at Jack. Jack's doing some, uh, what Jack works with. Some of you already here, because Jack will tell you all about it. Um, he'll tell you exactly all that he does. But he's, he's working on a children's program for financial literacy, because how many of you know that we are a mess financially in this country? And so he's trying to teach kids how to do that so that they don't have to end up as like really bad financial adults, which I think is kind of cool matters what we choose to do financially and, and ultimately emotionally and physically. Man, this stuff matters. By the way, we're not going to be perfect at all of it. Man, I, don't, I was challenged this week to go, man, I want to I do that stuff better. And I want to start like, just start ticking off the list of things like, oh, I'm going to start working on this and start working on this. And, start. and my hope is today that you do the same. That for you, you just want to keep doing better at these things. So your heart is gone. Why don't you stand? going to enter into a time of responsive worship this morning. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.